All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the LB podcast coming at you guys today. We're going to be breaking down the top 10 shortstops in baseball, getting some expert opinion on the position and letting you know who we think should be the number one and potential breakout stars in the 2023 season. So let's get the intro music going and get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan Campione, joined today by James Taustig. And as always, we're going to be breaking down our top 10 shortstops in baseball. James, how are you feeling today? I know a lot of football was happening this weekend, but we are inching closer and closer to opening day. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about these top top uh, shortstops in the MLB tonight. And of course, Jack is not with us today, but he did submit his list. So we will include him in the newly dubbed segment uh, that we include at the end of episodes. But James, how about you get us started with your top 10 list? Go from 10 to 1, and then we'll get into mine and get into the whole shebang. Sounds good. Um, At number 10, I have Bobby Witt Jr. Number 9, Jeremy Pena. Number 8, Dansby Swanson. Number 7, Wander Franco. Number 6, Bo Bichette. Number five, Xander Bogarts. Number four, Corey Seager. Number three, Francisco Lindor. Number two, Carlos Correa. And number one, and rounding out my list, is Trey Turner. All right, and I have at number 10, Javier Baez. Number nine, Jeremy Pena. Eight, Wander Franco. Seven, Dansby Swanson. Six, Xander Bogarts. Five, Bo Bichette. Four, Corey Seager. Three, Carlos Correa. Two, Trey Turner. And one, Francisco Lindor. Basically, we have the same nine players except at the number 10 slot. James is spotted in Bobby Wood Jr. And I've thrown in Javier Baez. Let's start with the top three, though. And it seems like as much as Corey Seager, Boba Shad, Xander Bogarts, those are great players. There are those three stars at the top, Lindor, Trey Turner, and Carlos Correa. You put Turner at number one. So I'll go to you first on that. Your thoughts on why Trey separates himself above the others. Uh, yeah, I mean, Trey just hits for average, you know, steals a ton of bases. Um Sneaky pop um, for his size and just the shortstop position in general. Um, and he plays really, really solid defense over there at short. Um, I thought last year with the Dodgers, it really just um, – he was the best out of those three. And uh, I think he just deserved that number one position heading into this season. Um, although I do think Lindor and Correa are very close behind. And you could interchange the three uh, in any of those three positions. I think that's the key thing with these three guys, that they're elite players, probably top 10 in baseball, all three of them together. I put Lindor as number one. Maybe there's some New York bias in there, but seeing him 162 games, knowing that he has elite defense, was hitting third in the Mets order for most of the season, provided a ton of pop. It just made a ton of sense for me. He struggled in his first year in New York, but really broke out and put up solid MVP-esque numbers last year. I believe he finished inside the top 10 in the National League. Trey Turner is now going to have a lot of weight on him in the Dodgers lineup. He was provided with a lot of bats behind him. The Phillies definitely do have some guys in big boppers like Kyle Schwarber, but Bryce Harper is out for most of the season, if not until I believe at least July or August. So Trey Turner coming into new hostile Philadelphia environment where the fans, as we know, Philadelphia fans, if Trey Turner struggles in April, they are going to get on him. I just feel like a guy like Lindor, you know what you're going to get at him. He's kind of like the new king of queens type thing he's the club ambassador big mets guy and i think he's already settled into a nice environment the third guy though of that group carlos correa you put him down i believe at number 
two on your list. How concerned are you with all the medical stuff that's obviously coming out about him? Or do you think that's more of a long term and we should just expect a regular Carlos Correa season? Yeah, uh, Correa's medical stuff doesn't doesn't scare me for this year uh, and where I have him in my positional rankings. I think that stuff is definitely further down the line. Uh, you know, years six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of those two previous contracts he had were now were now avoided. He had signed at the time, um, but yeah, I mean, elite defender, uh, platinum glove award winner, multi time silver slugger winner. Um, He's worth every penny of that contract, I think, over the next five or six years uh, that he signed. So, yeah, I mean, he, he has to be top three. Um, he's an incredible player, definitely one of the best players in baseball. I think ignoring the injury risk, which I think I agree with you, that it doesn't seem like 2023-24 is going to be the problem. Correa's numbers alone definitely showcase him as one of the top shortstops in the league. Jack, of course, would get upset with me if I didn't include all these advanced stats, Wobas, and all that garbage. So we're going to throw that in for the secondary tier of guys, and that's the Seager, Bichette, Xander Bogarts group, and Corey Seager, really one of those like X-stat type of guys. He's the 96th percentile of X-Woba. He's the 97th percentile in X-slugging, which is both the highest among all of shortstops. Bo Bichette is also the guy that hits the ball the hardest of all the shortstops, the highest average exit velocity, and the hard hit percentage is the highest among all shortstops. And Xander Bogarts is obviously a guy that we know absolutely loves to rake. You had those guys four, five, and six in your order. Seager, you had at the top, same as me, your thought process and why Seager deserves that number four spot. Yeah, so once again, with this next tier of players, um, I kind of view them all the same way. Like I feel like you could you could take Seager, Bogarts, and Bichette and put them in any order, four, five, six. Um, they're all excellent hitters. Uh, I think there's a little to be desired in the field with all of them, which is kind of why I have them a tick below Turner, Correa, and Lindor. Um, but yeah, I had Seager as the four. I mean, he was an excellent, uh, really just the guy who was consistent and produced all season long for the Rangers last year, held down the middle of the order, held down the middle of the infield. Um, and, and I just feel like he he projects well in Texas. He's, he's got an excellent left-handed bat. Um, so that's why I had him at four. Uh, I think Bogart's at five. Um, the protection he'll have in that Padres lineup hitting around Tatis and Machado and Cronenworth. I mean, they'll be loaded. Oh, and Soto. <laughs> he'll have so much protection. He'll he'll have to be pitched to. You know, he's a guy going to hit 300 every year. So I'm sure he'll have another excellent season in San Diego next year. Um, and then number six, Bo Bichette. I mean, he was hot. I mean, he, he's a streaky hitter. Sometimes he'll go cold, but when he's hot, I mean, there's there's really nobody in baseball who can who can swing it the way he does. So, yeah, I think those are three excellent players, and and it's a very there's a fine line between tier one shortstops, tier two shortstops, and then the tier three shortstops, who I think we'll go to next after you discuss those three guys. Absolutely. And I think all three of those guys are in really great environments for them to do well. Seager, obviously, in a small ballpark in Texas. Bo Bichette has Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting behind him and Bogarts in that stacked Padres lineup. The next question I'll pose to you is kind of a two-part one, as you just mentioned, this third tier of guys who could all eventually graduate into an upper tier. And that's, of course, talking about Wander Franco, Jeremy Pena, Bobby Wood Jr., who we had on the bottom of our list, as well as a guy I think for myself was maybe that 11th or 12th and Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. So two-parter question at you. If you had to take one of those four guys in Wander Franco, Pena, Witt, 
and Gunnar Henderson for just the 2023 season, which would it be? And then also looking forward to projecting for the next 10 years or so, which one of those four guys would you take career-wise that could potentially become that number one shortstop in five years from now? Yeah, so I think I think next season you have to take Jeremy Pena. I mean, what he showed in the playoffs, I mean, he looked like a veteran out there. Um, you know, he played gold glove caliber defense. Um, he hit 270. He hit 24 homers. I mean, that's about as all around as it gets. Like, he's a really good player. It was his rookie season. He had all the expectation, um, the pressure to fill in the shoes of, of a guy like Carlos Correa, who just left a team that just lost in the World Series. Um, and he lived up to those expectations, and I think he exceeded them. Um, so, yeah, I would take Jeremy Pena this upcoming 2023 season. But in the long run, I mean, a guy like Bobby Witt Jr., the fastest sprint speed in the MLB. Um, I mean, the guy has crazy pop. He he has all five tools, undeniably. Um, I think he might – I mean, the best comp for him is he's a more powerful Trey Turner. I mean, he's a bigger guy. He's a stronger guy. Um, he's just as fast, if not faster, than Turner. He plays better defense, arguably, than Turner. So – Obviously, it's a projection. Obviously, it's a comp. I'm not saying that him and Turner are even close to on the same level right now. Um, but he just has all the tools, and I could definitely see him growing in, growing in to be a, a Trey Turner, Carlos Correa type of type guy at the shortstop position in four to five seasons. And then one of the other guys of that four, Wander Franco. Obviously, he's a really great player. Jack Stafmeck even has him as high as number three on his list. The one knock. I think you probably share the sentiment with me is that he's never healthy and injury concerns, especially as young as he is. I believe he's 22, maybe 23. He's always been inconsistent, but when he plays, he's really good. The problem is when he only plays 80 games in a season, would you rather have 80 games of Wander Franco versus 150 of a guy like Bogarts or Dansby Swanson? For me, at least I'd rather have the shortstop that plays 150 games versus Franco. However, if Franco becomes healthy, I don't see anything wrong with him sliding into that top five, that second tier of shortstops. One guy I would also like to shout out that I had on my list. I believe you did as well. Dansby Swanson, really underrated. He is the 100th percentile in outs above average, which means he's the best fielder in baseball last season. He's now going to Chicago where he's going to do damage in the Windy City. And I really like that signing with the Cubs. I'm starting to realize Cubs might win the NL Central. I know that's a hot take and we'll have that in an upcoming episode later, but I have been ranking Cubs pretty high on my list, whether that was Mash Mervis, Danby Swanson, Nico Horner. Cubs are building up a nice little core. And then the only other guy that we haven't yet talked about on your list, if you want to say anything, or I think we've actually covered everyone on yours. The one guy on Jack's list, however, that we haven't covered is O'Neill Cruz, who he had at number nine. Smash or taking on that take that O'Neill Cruz is actually a top 10 shortstop. I... Me and Jack texted about this when I saw his list. Um, don't get me wrong, freak player. Um, I mean, he has all the intangibles to be an excellent shortstop. Top 10, especially with the guys. We, I mean, I think I could list 17 or 18 shortstops in baseball that I would unquestionably take on my team uh, before I take it. Like, you could, I would make a pretty solid argument to take IKF over O'Neill Cruz. Like, don't get me wrong. O'Neill Cruz could be the best shortstop in baseball, but is he even like remotely close to that right now? Absolutely not. The guy hit below the Mendoza line. Um, he's not a very good fielder. Um, yes, he has the arm strength to make up for his lack of 
defensive ability um, in some areas, but like it's a very Fernando Tatis sort of situation on defense, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I don't really see that. The one thing I do want to talk about, though, is I know Dansby Swanson fans are going to be like, oh, my gosh, how are you going to say Dansby's not in the second tier? Like Dansby was an all-star last year, blah, blah, blah. Don't get me wrong. Dansby Swanson, very good player. I have no idea how on earth people were grouping him into the same contract as talks as, like, Turner, Lindor, Bogarts, Correa. Like, he is significantly, significantly further down. Like, this past season was the first year he's ever hit over 275, except for his rookie season where he had, like, 150 plate appearances. Like, don't get me wrong, excellent defender, but, like, going to Chicago, like, we're not going to see the same home run numbers. We're not going to see the same extra. Like these offensive stats are not going to be rep. Like he's not going to be able to replicate this next year. That this this year he had this past year. Don't get me wrong. He had a good year hitting, but a one fifteen OPS plus season as your best hitting season, and like the season that like is supposed to earn you this contract. He never had an OPS plus above one hundred except for twenty twenty, the COVID shortened season. Like. Don't get me wrong. He's as good as it gets on defense. Offensively, I think he's not as good as people want to believe he is. Uh, and that's why I have him in that third tier and why I have him, I believe, number seven on my list. Mm-hmm. Number eight on my eight. list. I think that's so, also yeah. like in the contracts. I think Swanson ended up signing for, I believe it was 160, 170 with the Cubs. So it does show that there is definitely that gap that exists between Swanson and that upper tier shortstops list we do have a segment here to close out the episode that james i don't think you were on the last episode when this was introduced this is the concept of shake or rake on the hot topics and the list that were submitted to us by our listeners you can submit your third base list which we will do next week at side retired pod on twitter and on instagram of course we would also like to note fernando tatis jr whose name we did just mention wasn't considered a shortstop since they signed xander bogart's Expect to hear a long and lengthy conversation about Tatis in our upcoming right fielders episode in a couple of weeks. But of course, shake, you're going to shake it off if you think that this is a bad take from one of our listeners, or you're thinking that this take absolutely rakes and you're going to say rake versus shake. I think you get the point. We'll go and move right along. We'll start with mine that we haven't discussed yet. At number 10, I had Javier Baez as my top 10 shortstops. Shake or rake on that take? Shake. I mean, unless he stops swinging at an absurd number of balls, he's never he's never going to be a good hitter again. Guys have too good of stuff. I think the only reason I put him in there is because there's a rumor that the Detroit Tigers are moving their fences in 20 feet. So if Piaz is able to make some semblance of contact with his elite defense, he could make it in there. But yep, as you're saying, hitting the ball over that 20 extra feet isn't going to matter if he's still whiffing on pitches by over five feet. The next thing we want to talk about, Matt Potter said... Drum roll, please. Isaiah Kiner Falefa is going to be a top 10 shortstop in 2023. Shake. I'm not a chance. <laughs> not even um, top 20. Our mystery man, David Halford, says that Ahmed Rosario is a top 10 shortstop in baseball. You could make a fair case for that. He played very well for the Guardians last year. Um, but. I'm going to have to say he's just slightly outside of my top 10, probably number 13 or 14. A couple of our Twitter followers also sent us one at Al Scott said that Tim Anderson is a top 10 shortstop in baseball. That 
another very fair case. I had I had Tim Anderson at number eleven. He was just behind Bobby Bobby. If if we were going off last year's numbers, he definitely would be a top ten. But I'm gonna say Bobby Wood's gonna play better than him next season. So I have Anderson at number eleven. I think another player in that same category comes from at underscore dat Mets says that Willie Adamas is a top 10 shortstop in baseball. I think that falls under the same category of Adamas at a really good 2022 season. The question of will it translate to an even better 2023 season? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. Did not watch a lot of Brewers games last year. Is he a good defender or not? I think middle of the pack. It doesn't middle stand out, but is a solid player. Yeah. I mean, he obviously doesn't hit for average a lot. Um, obviously he's a ton of pop. Um, but he, he doesn't walk very well either. So, I yeah, I mean, 112 OPS plus and his best offensive season, like, yeah, not, he's not going to crack the top 10 on my list. And, of course, we also thank all of our Twitter listeners for sending us lists. I think they're all very well-informed and researched. Even if you hear us saying that we shake on your opinion, obviously we love the rest of your list. Plus, the spicier your takes are, the more likely they are to appear on an episode. So if you want to go crazy, as Matt did and put – IKF in his list by all means do so because you never know if it'll appear on an episode so that is basically the whole position rundown in 20 minutes for you you've got James and I's top 10 I will read out Jax just because he'd get upset with me if I didn't he's got Correa Seager Wander Franco at three Trey Turner Lindor Bogarts Bichette Gunnar Henderson at eight O'Neill Cruz at nine Danzy Swanson at 10 I also had a guy like t- uh, Tommy Edmund who we haven't mentioned yet is a solid shortstop and a breakout candidate to watch. And if you're a fantasy baseball player, don't sleep on it. Maybe in the late rounds draft, Ezekiel Tovar, he is slated to be the Colorado Rockies starting shortstop. And as we know, if you're playing 81 games in Coors Field, obviously he could hit a lot of home runs, high batting average. So Ezekiel Tovar, if you're looking for a shortstop late in your fantasy drafts, could be a name to go after. The other one that we haven't mentioned, James, that I'll just throw at you. And if there's any of these names that you want to give a shout out to, those are names like Gavin Lux, guys like Vaughn Grisham, guys like Trevor Story, guys like Kyle Farmer, Aledmiz Diaz, J.P. Crawford. Any of these names exciting or we've pretty much covered everything we need to? Yeah, I think Vaughn Grisham obviously burst on the scene last year at second base, filling in for Ozzy Albies for a couple months. Um, I'm excited to see if he could fill fill the hole that Dansby Swanson leaves the Braves uh, this upcoming season. I think he's a really talented player. Um and I think he could have a very similar Jerry Pena uh, breakout season. Uh, so I guess that's the one name that really jumps out to me. Oh, and I guess I really want to laugh at the Boston Red Sox for signing Trevor Story because he absolutely sucks. Um, but yeah, at least at least we get some sort of explanation for Trevor Story's yips and, and kind of gimpy throws at second base last season. Um, now with this Tommy John surgery. So, I mean... Best wishes out to Trevor's story, but you're horrible. So um, <laughs> have a fun year watching your team finish last in the AL East again. And I'm sure if Jack was on this episode, he would also make us want to shout out Oswald Peraza, who could be the Yankees opening day shortstop, as well as a guy like Anthony Volpe, although we did discuss him on our second base episode. So definitely make sure to check out that episode below this yeah, one. I, I, would, I would totally shout them out and say they're breakout candidates, but Brian Cashman and the Yankees are too incompetent to call them up. So... We probably won't see them until the 2024 season. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, don't worry. You will get to see all the fun of Lindor on opening day in Queens. And you can also see all these shortstops in action over the upcoming season by going to SeatGeek.com and using the promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals. 
you'll get $20 off your first order. Again, if you use the promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals. And of course, let us know on the Twitter, on the Instagram, the TikTok. If you're going out to the ballpark and using that code, we love to see people at the ballpark near you. Also, you can use it for NFL playoff games, although those are probably pretty expensive, especially at the Meadowlands. I don't know if $20 is going to help you out that much. But definitely some great episodes on the horizon, some great interviews, as well as our top 10 third baseman list coming out next week. So for Dylan, James, and Jack, until the next time, the side is retired.